Hi guys and welcome back to Paranormal Hotline. My name's Kaylee and I'm joined today by my secretary Michael. Hello. This week on the podcast, I did a lot of research into Travis Walton and to be honest, the first thing I ever heard about Travis Walton case was how it was faked. It was the very first thing that I ever heard about it. So it always kind of stuck in my head that this was like a fake case. So I never really investigated it, but I've completely changed my mind about this case. It's probably up there with the Barney and Betty Hill story for me now. The first time I heard about it, it was because of that movie Fire in the Sky. And all I could think was these people haven't heard about the sun. <laughs> but before we start this episode, I'd like to remind you that we officially have a Patreon now and we don't run ads on this podcast. We'd like to keep it that way. You can start supporting us for as low as two bucks and it helps us keep the podcast going. Lucy just kissed Bean and it was adorable. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, anyway, so this is the story of Travis Walton and it starts on November 5th in 1975. Travis Walton was working as a lumberjack in Heber, Arizona. And it's funny because I always pictured Arizona as a desert. Yeah, I was just about to yeah, say. I'm surprised it's there's like, even trees. Where the fuck would there be trees? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like this mountain range in Arizona anyway that has some trees on it. And he was working there with like seven other guys and they just finished a full day's work. So they all like retired. They threw all their equipment into the truck and they all jumped in and then they drove off back towards home. But along the way, Travis got distracted by something in the distance. They were still in a heavily wooded area, but he could see an extremely bright light through some of the trees. Now, he said in some interviews that it was actually deer hunting season, so he just assumed it was like somebody out doing some hunting. But they drove towards it. The truck drove down a dirt path towards where this light was coming from. As they got closer, they saw in the clearing of this woods, this is a quote from what they saw, a strange golden disc. So they saw literally like a flying saucer, but it was gold in color, floating. They described it in pretty vivid detail. So these guys are like, they used to work, you know, they're used to working with lumber and stuff. They're used to giving estimate to sizes of things for, you know, wood or whatever, what height they need to cut, blah, blah, blah. They described the disc as being roughly 20 feet off the ground and about 15 to 20 feet in diameter. So it's not super high off the ground. Yeah, I'm just trying to think like, that's that's very low for something to be flying through the woods. Yeah, yeah, it's just like in this clearing, it's like it came down and sat, like, like it was nearly hiding. But apparently they actually, I, I always assumed that this was, that was the end of it. It was just them who saw it. But apparently other people saw it in that area too. There was nearly a hundred witnesses because there's a lake nearby there as well. That's always full of fishermen and all of them saw it too, like go into that clearing into the woods. So they kind of stay for a while and they're staring at this disc when Travis, the bravest of the bunch, decided to get a better look at this thing. Yeah, brave, that's the word. Against all the judgment of his coworkers. So they all told him not to do it. But Travis said he was going to go up and walk up to this thing anyway. Actually, he described it as running up to it. So he just hopped out of this truck and I, ran at this thing. <laughs> I really like this guy. I, I like, I just, it's like, what's the word? You resonate word with him? You like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get his logic. Like, if I run up and kick it, it can't get away. It's just the strangest logic. But I suppose he just wanted to get a better look at it or something. But as he got closer to the disc, it began to spin. And a loud humming noise came off of it. Everyone could hear it. Travis could hear it. The guys in the van could hear it. There's just this humming noise. And before Travis even got a chance to like back up or walk away from it, the disc fired a bright green light in their direction. So they just saw this blinding flash of light that was kind of green and it hit Travis. And Travis was blown off his feet and it knocked him backwards. And apparently it hit him in the head. So from the his friend's perspective, they just saw him getting 
blasted with it. <laughs> Travis describes the blast saying, all I felt was this numbing force of a blow that felt like high voltage electrocution. I had something like that happen to me actually fairly recently. What? What was it? <laughs> One of your cats? No, I was. it was like two in the morning and I basically passed out and smashed my head on the bathroom floor and that's exactly how I describe it. Jesus, dude. You okay? At the time, no. Whoa. I think I told you. I was like, I think I have a concussion. My girlfriend was like, sleep it off. Oh my God, dude. How are you not dead? I lost sensation in like my arms for a while. Oh my God, man. You need to go to the hospital more often. It was genuinely so trippy because like I was aware of where my arm was, but every time I tried to move it, it, the best way to describe it is like a ghost of my arm was able to move and I had to line up what felt like my arm to where my arm actually was before I could move my arm. That's creepy, dude. That's creepy. <laughs> I think I got knocked into an out of body experience. <laughs> like in Doctor Strange. Yeah. But say you're Travis's friends, right? In the truck. And you just saw Travis get shot by an alien. What do you do? Like, he looks like he's dead on the ground. <laughs> he's dead. Leave him. <laughs> well, that's exactly what they done. They drove away and left him there. <laughs> no, they were just straight up like, no, I'm not getting involved in this. And um, they all drove away and left Travis lying on the ground. I'd be furious. I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> I can't drive. You couldn't drive away anyway, yeah. But his friends were like, nah. <laughs> They drove away without him. Like, the aliens must have been shocked. They must have expected the people to pick him up and take him to the hospital or something. But they just ditched him. <laughs> Sorry, I just love the ideas of, being, of the aliens being like, yeah, we knocked him out. His friends will take him. Where, where the fuck are they going? <laughs> I assume it's like when you hit a cat with your car. Like, if, maybe if you, like, tapped a cat, like, you didn't kill it, but it was stunned and it was on the ground. You just have to kind of, like, pick it up and take it with you. So this is where it gets interesting. This is where I have connected the dots. So one of the lumberjacks describes seeing the disc rise above the tree line and then fly off in a northeasterly direction. Do you want to know what's a 30-minute walk to the northeast of that location? Uh, Area 51. Nope. Open the image I sent you. Skinwalker Ranch, baby. <laughs> oh, and that would make sense because there was talk at Skinwalker Ranch of seeing like orbs that would match what they described, like orangey gold. Yeah, exactly. Although for the... To see it from Skinwalker Ranch. Wait a minute, you said a 30 minute walk. That says 35 hours. Oh yeah, oops. <laughs> I didn't read that a minute. <laughs> so you want to know what's a 31 hour walk? <laughs> or... It's less than yeah, 100 it's miles close, away. Is what I'm saying. That's closer to... That's closer to Skinwalker Ranch than those UFOs were to <laughs> yeah. San Diego. Um... But it's extremely close to Skinwalker Ranch, man. Isn't that terrifying? It is. It looks like there's just one mountain range in, the, in between them. Yeah, and like even in Skinwalker Ranch, they said that some of the orbs used to come from the direction of the mountain range as well. So, so the Lumberjacks did actually go back to, to try and find Travis because they felt really bad about leaving him there. <laughs> but when they went back, um, he was gone. There was no body. And this was only shortly after. Like, they pretty much turned around and came back when they saw it leaving. Um, and that was it. Travis was gone. And when the Lumberjacks all went to the police, you can imagine how crazy they sounded when they were telling them what happened. Yeah, nobody wants someone to come out of the woods with an axe and be like, aliens! Yeah, no, no. Immediately, they were all suspected of murder. They were suspected of having killed him together, either by accident or on purpose, and making this story to cover it up. So there was like investigations launched in this woods. There was like, you know, they were looking for Travis's body, basically. And five days went by and there was no sign of Travis. I don't know why the first thought is they clearly murdered him and are covering, covering it up. Because there's a shitload of unsolved murders. Like, yeah. 
I think of like 80% of murders at least go unsolved. Yeah. I, I want to know how many of them go unsolved that involve aliens. I don't know, but I mean, like, if you, if, I suppose if they were all in a panic and one of them suggested, why don't we just say he was abducted? <laughs> He's too old for the sex trade. No I aliens. I mean, they can't find anything. They're not going to ask them specific details either. Because like, if, if, if they said, like, a person came along and abducted him in a car then they'd be like, what kind of car was it? And their story would fall apart pretty quickly. But they're not going to ask what the registration was on a flying saucer. <laughs> you be probed. <laughs> um, yeah, so the chief investigator decided to bring all seven of the lumberjacks in to question them about what happened separately. And all their stories matched up. And on top of that, they all took a lie detector test. And all of them came back either telling the truth or inconclusive. So not a single one of them came back that they were lying. And none of them ever folded on their story. They all stuck to Travis was abducted by a saucer. And after five days, Travis finally reappeared in the same area that he went missing in Heber, Arizona. Now, Travis does actually recall what happened to him. He wasn't just blank for those five days. He remembers what happened to him on the ship. And it's weird. Okay. Okay. If I was on a ship for five days, at least once I would have tried to crash it out of spite. Well, he did something similar. Sweet. I love him. <laughs> You're going to love this. Travis is great. Yeah, he got out of a jeep and sprinted at an alien. <laughs> it was an alien. It was a, it was a saucer. But according to Travis, after he was struck in the head by the green bolt of lightning, he blacked out or whatever, and then he awoke in a room with a triangular-shaped ceiling. So I'm picturing, like, the inside of a pyramid, you know, like, if you were inside an empty pyramid, kind of like that. Oh, okay. I thought it was just, like... Uh like a tree-sided room. No, no, it's like a, it's like the inside of a pyramid kind of thing. I'd say other than a coffin, that's probably the weirdest shape to end, like to wake up in. But when he woke up, he was in this triangular room and there was three humanoid-shaped creatures above him. So kind of like looking down at him, you know, like he's on a table or whatever. He describes them as having large heads, large brown eyes, and they wore orange overalls. Now their skin wasn't green like you'd picture, but the rest of the description is pretty similar. I think they, he described their skin as like white skin and they wore orange overalls, which is just strange to me. They tried to get near Travis, uh, but he was having none of it. And he started throwing fists immediately. Good. He said that his arms were weak, like he was basically like he was sedated, like he was drugged. And he went to move one of them out of the way, but his arm was kind of like asleep or whatever. So he kind of just kind of flapped it out a little bit and he hit it against one of the one of the three little men. <laughs> And he, the, like this, oh, sorry, I don't know if I said it already, but they were only about five foot tall. So they were only small. He hit the creature and he said that it fell backwards. Like he barely hit it and it, this thing went flying like he has slapped it. So they're very, very weak. They're squidgy. Yeah, they're, they're like, like a child's body nearly. <laughs> and he's like a big guy. So he's working outside all the time. He's chopping trees. Like he's actually managed to fight them off too. So they fled the room. <laughs> Travis was I'm just imagining <laughs> Just some flappy armed fucking buff monstrosity just wiggling like, his arms yeah. at him. I assume it's like, you know if you sedated a bear and then the bear woke up and slapped you? Even how, yeah, however unlikely like, it was, you, you'd run. Travis was a bear to them. <laughs> they fled the room and Travis tried to make his escape. So he actually escaped from the room that he was in. And he went room to room to try and find an exit. But all the rooms kind of looked similar to the one that he was in. Like there was no hallway or anything connecting them. It was kind of weird. A man approached him in one of the rooms. A human man. Uh, he described seeing him as large, muscular, and the man was wearing like a helmet. 
He had kind of like blonde hair and Travis described him as a very attractive man. So he was just like the best specimen of a man, basically. Just to let you know, I've looked up a picture of Travis Walton and what he would look like in the 70s. <laughs> yes. Bear is the perfect term. <laughs> He's just a bear. Yeah, so the attractive man forced Travis out of the craft and into a warehouse that was full of other saucers. And in the warehouse, there were three other human-looking creatures. I'm going to say human-looking because I don't think they actually are human. Like, they don't really seem human. That's a common thing, though. Like, even in a few of the abduction stories I've read, they do seem to have an interpreter, yeah. I guess you'd call it. Something that looks human to keep yeah, us yeah. from Yeah, yeah, it's almost like a, like a translator, nearly. It's just they're... I don't know what it is. Like, they're made to look like us so that we can calm down a bit. But did they just have them there ready to go? Or... Well, f from the ones I read, it's usually implied that they're, like, hybrids. Yeah, that's what... Yeah, that makes sense. It's creepy, though. It's like that thing I told you about, about the Brazilian guy who clearly had issues because he said his alien encounter was he met a very beautiful, slightly human-looking yeah. creature. And they were like, we need your help to help. We need human males to help breed our population or whatever. And then he went into extreme detail about how she led him around by the willy like a dog on a leash. That's how she showed him <laughs> the spaceship. Christ. You Travis Walton the shit out of him and slapped him around the place. That picture I sent you, he has to wear these gloves if he takes them off their dangerous weapons. Yeah, so there was three other human looking creatures, but there was two men and one woman this time. And they were also very attractive. Oh no. And Travis noticed that they had... They had no blemishes, well, yes. they had no scars, um, they didn't even have moles on their face, their skin or anything, there were nothing, they were like perfect skin. He also described the woman as, and this is kind of strange, he described the woman as the epitome of her gender. Like whatever that means. I, <laughs> it's just, just a strange way to put it. He said that they looked similar to each other, but they weren't, like they were kind of different. So they weren't like, they're, they're like related, it looks like they were a family. But they were also kind of different in face and stuff. This bit just saw the Collins. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were all blonde, though. I'm fairly certain that was the description of them. They were also all wearing like a blue uniform. And the three of them that were inside the warehouse, the three that he came up to afterwards, uh, they weren't wearing helmets. It was just the guy who was in the spaceship who was wearing a helmet. Which kind of makes me worry for Travis, because I'm like, if that guy was wearing a helmet, he was protecting himself from something on that spaceship, like air-wise. And Travis was just fully exposed to it. He might have just gotten back. Although that is a good point. <laughs> Do you ever wonder, like, because I often hear about people who get abducted who end up with, like, cancer or tumors and, you know, all this crazy stuff. Do you think it's because they're just, like, they just don't care, they just let off radiation to humans or that they just don't know or what? I'd assume it's kind of just like a necessity thing because like let's say they do have like atmosphere aboard their ship to match yeah. theirs and it's not just like each individual person gets their own little private atmosphere or whatever. If it is to match their atmosphere, like on Earth we have so much radiation that just doesn't affect us because it's so low. Yeah. Whereas on their planet it could be like the natural state could be a lot higher where it wouldn't affect them but it could affect us. Yeah, that's true. So it might, it might just be something like, yeah, we're going to kill him like 10 years down the line after we bring him up here, but we need it to live. <laughs> yeah, fair. There's a lot of strange details in his abduction, like the fact that one of them was wearing a helmet and the other three weren't. And I, I just think it's there's just these weird details. There's too many things that, to throw in, if that makes sense. Like, oh yeah, like I noticed this thing that was odd. And then this thing that was odd. And eventually, oddity just becomes the norm. Yeah. So the humanoids, all four of them, put Travis on a table and they put like a 
what do you call them? Like the respiratory things that you breathe into? Like a face mask? Kind of like a face mask. They put one of those on him and he passed out. And when he awoke, he was back in Heber, Arizona. And the boys were cleared of murder. (laughs) It was a good day to be a lumberjack. I'd say every day is a good day to be a lumberjack. (laughs) And that's pretty much the Travis Walton case. Um, he told everyone what happened after he came back and like his family were just kind of happy to see him again. They didn't really care about he was going crazy. <laughs> That's fair. He did lie detector tests and they came back either uh, he was saying the truth or it was inconclusive again. He went to a psychologist and they did all the, you know, like when you... Uh, oh, sleep regression. Yeah, they did like sleep regression and stuff like that and hypnosis on him and uh, you know, he, he told the same t- story every time. He went to a therapist. The therapist did decide that he was making the story up but the therapist also couldn't understand why seven other men went along with this story i feel like it is something that could like easily be made up like you know a psychological thing to deal with some kind of trauma but it just doesn't make any sense why these seven other men went along with it travis said in a recent interview in a podcast that after 15 years later uh, it was discovered that the trees nearest to where the ufo hovered had actually been producing tree wood fibers at 36 times the rate it had been in 85 years before that and this was only on the side of the trees that would have been facing towards where the craft was so basically the trees were getting like hyper growth blasted with something yeah but it was 36 times the rate which just is insane you think if one side of the tree was growing faster than the other, it would like bend over in one direction? Yeah, I was thinking that because like trees do have, if you ever look at the rings of a tree, there is years where they'll be like three times bigger than the others. And that could be like rain or yeah. whatever, but it would always yeah, most, yeah. like it would be mostly even. There would be bumps and knobs and stuff, but there wouldn't be like half the tree is just on one side. Yeah. Plus it would be, it would be all the trees in that whole area would have done it, but it was just these trees and just the direction that was facing where the crack was. <laughs> I just like the idea of like a lopsided tree, like it just found Pornhub. Could you imagine, cause imagine if like the green blast that they shot at, at Travis made him age 36 times faster than anyone else. I think that would be brilliant. He'd be like a dog. <laughs> it would be like that scene in Indiana Jones in the last crusade. <laughs> but yeah, like that would be, also as awful as it would have been for travis it would have been fucking amazing for everyone else if they had gotten the body back and they were like this is travis you can do every check he aged 35 years yeah but then there's also the the likelihood that somebody from the government would have gone what who travis he never existed this is a weather balloon (laughs) like bob lazar they just completely delete him they just deleted Bob Lazar. That poor man. But yeah, one of the things that does go against Walton is uh, some people think that he was likely influenced by the NBC television movie, The UFO Incident, which aired two weeks before his own claim of abduction and dramatized the alien abduction claims of Barney and Betty Hill. So this big movie came out two weeks before his abduction. God damn it. It's hard to tell if that's really the case. I mean, to disappear for five days is quite a uh, a commitment to the bit. <laughs> I don't know, though, because I can see myself doing that. I can see myself doing that, not even just like to make an alien story or anything, just out of spite to annoy people. Yeah, but it's just weird. Like, he had work. He was contractually obliged to do so many trees or whatever in like a certain amount of time. And he just disappeared for five days. And then all the other lumberjacks were accused of murder. So I don't think they could work either. 
I actually know a guy who something similar to this happened. Like he vanished for a few days, and there was a really strong rumor that a certain person had killed him. Jeez. But like it, it went on for like an entire week. A lot of people I know were like, "Okay, I'm getting really nervous now." It turns out that he had just gone on a holiday to somewhere like Manchester and got fucking shit faced and got stuck there, and he didn't tell anyone he was going. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I'm not totally because like before I before I really investigated this myself, and I've watched interviews with him as well, and he's very he just comes across, across as very genuine. And that kind of works in his favor, too, because he just really does seem like this fellow who was absolutely traumatized by what happened to him. Like, when he was on this ship as well, he thought it was a couple of hours that he was gone. He didn't realize it was five days. So when he came back, he, he, he was even getting the date wrong. He didn't realize he was gone for five days. So that would actually really help in his case a little, because as he, do you know what he said? He went to a warehouse full of UFOs. Yeah. Well, presumably, hopefully, if there's something that's holding a warehouse full of ships it wouldn't be something on earth or even that close to earth i don't know man look at yeah, uh, what Lazar said the faster you go the slower time goes so he could have only been gone for hours but it was relative while days pass on earth because of how yeah. fast he was traveling yeah that's actually true i didn't even think of that that's really really interesting so he could have literally woken up like five minutes after the beam hit him and they took him in but it would have been like eight hours on Earth. And then every few... Do you ever see Interstellar? Apparently, like, I haven't seen it, but apparently it's really good at conveying that time difference thing. There are people who just disappear from... Like, we've, we've done the missing 411 where people have just disappeared before. So do you think Travis was only brought back because he knocked one out? I don't think Travis was intentionally taken in the first place. I think that's what it is. Do you think it was one of those things that's like, oh shit, we've got him, fine, just knock him out. Oh, fuck's sake, they left him, now we gotta take him. (laughs) I think it's literally like somebody hit a cat with their car and the cat passed out but was still alive. And they were trying to bring it to the vet, basically. Yes. And the, the, the three little UFOs that were wearing the orange were the people who hit it and the humanoid thing is the vet. Yeah, so what do you think? Do you think Travis Walton, fake or not real? Fake or real? Real or fake? <laughs> truth or not truth? I really want it to be true. Yeah, so that's everything we have for today, guys. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, consider supporting us on Patreon. Like I said, we don't run ads on the podcast, and it really makes a difference. That being said, we'd like to give a big thank you to Dean Bagnasco and JNG for joining the Patreon. It really means a lot to us, guys, so thank you so much. Thank you. So thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next have week. Have a good week. Bye.